I'm Dominic Marchionda. I am the instructor for this Civic Innovation Honor Seminar, and this is October 20th, Thursday. Uh, this is our fifth class, fourth fifth class, and today is our public infrastructure and economic development um, discussion panel. And uh, I'm the City University Planner here at YSU. I'm from Youngstown. I've been home for four years, and I'm here because I got asked to teach an adjunct. Uh, position honors seminar and I agree to it and I couldn't be happier because of the great students and speakers we've had so far. I'm Mara McLeod. Um, I'm a junior. I'm a history major and I have a triple minor for some reason um, in politics, communication studies, and Spanish. And I took this class because I'm all about the community and trying to make things better. I'm a pretty progressive person, I'll be honest. So if I can change things around me and make them a little bit better or a lot better, I'd love to do that. And I feel like this is a good jumping off point. Okay, I'm Sarah Dimitrik. I'm also a junior here at YSU. My major is interpersonal communications with a minor in nonprofit management and theater. And I took this class because I'm looking to make a distinct change in the Youngstown area and just change that whole atmosphere of that negative view that people have of Youngstown. I'm Carly Lowry. I'm a social work major. And I took this class to kind of figure out how to network with the community and find resources to help me out with my major later on. I'm Dan Silak, and I'm a business administration major with a dual minor in entrepreneurship and employee relations. And I took this class to gain a better understanding of Youngstown's municipal system, as well as the current efforts in place to improve it economically and revitalizing. Uh, my name is Evan. I'm a sophomore. I'm a graphic and interactive design major. Um, the reason I took this class, I played baseball here, so whenever I got here and I would tell people I came, I go to Youngstown State, they'd be like, oh, you know, like a, a negative tone. So I think it's important that I don't just come here and play sports, you know, just go four years and get a degree. I think it's important to also understand the community. And, I mean, when you hear that negative tone from people, I found it interesting. So I wanted to take this class to better find out, like, the, the positive sides of Youngstown, because you always hear about, you know, like, uh, kidnappings and drugs and all that stuff, but it's really not not just that. So, Where'd you come from? Pittsburgh. Okay. And what is your sport? Baseball. Okay. I'm Sarah Winger, and I'm uh, Eastgate Regional Council of Governments. I've been there for about two years, and I'm the Economic Development Program Manager. I live on the west side, but I grew up in Mahoning County. Um, I have a degree in planning, um, a master's degree in that, but my undergrad was... Um, Interdisciplinary Studies of Russian and a minor in Urban Planning. I'm Jim Kinnick. I'm the Executive Director at Eastgate. Uh, I've been there it'd be a year this December. Uh, prior to that, I was with the Ohio Department of Transportation. I retired there with 30 years in. I have a civil engineering degree from YSU many years ago. Um, at ODOT, uh, Department of Transportation, I, was a, I started off as a design engineer. <coughs> Um, spent six years designing, I uh, worked in a survey crew, worked in utilities, um, worked in real estate, uh, then finally the last six years I was the planning and engineering administrator for the district. And when I say district, I worked in Akron. I grew up on the west side of Youngstown, uh, lived in Austintown and drove, uh, and people, you're going to hear me reference this a couple times, I commuted to work and please wherever you're going to work and make sure you live in the same area, don't commute like I did, it was a mistake. But, I didn't want to leave the area, and my job took me to Akron, and it's the district I worked in for ODOT. covers Ashtabula, Trumbull, Mahoney counties, uh, Summit, Stark, and Portage counties. So we covered six counties, Akron, Canton, Youngstown, Warren, up to Ashtabula, and we administered the highway uh, program, the roadway programs, and the bridge programs for the uh, six counties. Uh, six year, last six years there. Um, retired, glad to move back home. Um, certainly going to share some of my experiences as we move on of uh, living away and then getting back home, but um, I really, uh, it's interesting to hear your comments and it's great to see uh, younger people uh, embrace the area. I can tell you that I thought there was a lull in this area um, maybe 10 years ago and I thought it started coming back and I'm going to tell you that uh, being only back in town uh, working for the last year really is coming back. There's a lot of things going on, a lot of things going good and it's because you got people pushing and working together and, and we'll dwell on that and, and Dominic certainly a big push from one another end and when we pull entities together in different community groups and uh, different organizations you start seeing that we're starting to build success and everybody wants to be part of success so 
the, the snowball is starting to roll downhill and it's, it's coming. And there's, a, there's a lot of changes here and it's a, good to see the attitudes and appreciate that effort trying to see what it is. And that's the old school. When I go to Columbus and somebody I, they tell us I had to go to Columbus and the main office for the Department of Transportation is in Columbus. And I go there, uh, I used to go there five, six times a month when I worked at ODOT. And I go down there, if there was somebody that was from Youngstown or Mahoney County and see me down there, they automatically called me Jimmy. Nobody calls me Jimmy in my life unless, that's my son, his name's Jimmy, but they call me Jimmy and they come and hug you. It's almost like you're survived Mahoney County or Mahoney Valley. And that's the attitude they have. And it, it's, it's interesting because I get hugs from people that I'm standing next to guys that come from Akron and they're just saying, hey, okay, your name is what? But it, it's like a bonding or a brotherhood. And it really is that, that thing where it's the mafia and you can't, don't sit with your back to the door. That kind of stuff is old school. It's really not like that. And uh, the troubles this community has are the same troubles that all the communities have. And, you know, when, when I, but I did actually lived in uh, Columbus for a year, too, when I first started my career at ODOT. Um, you know, so the stuff you hear on TV, on the news about, you know, a murder or something happening bad in Youngstown. Same thing happens in other cities, but I don't know why Youngstown got branded that. But uh, I think we're really fighting more of the reputation of, you know, just being the Rust Belt, and we're trying to eliminate that comment. So uh, I appreciate everybody's uh, just enthusiasm and direction here. Thank you, Jim. I'm A.J. Selma. I teach economics here. Um, I've been here for 11 years now. I'm curious, have any of you taken an economics class here? You're taking one now, or? Yeah, you actually um, spoke to my class. I'm Professor oh, Jenick. Yeah, Sarah's, yeah. Sarah's class. Yeah, cool. Um, well, maybe you can consider taking an urban economics class, or if you haven't taken an economics class here, you could consider it in the future. Um, so I came here from Atlanta. I went to Georgia State, got my PhD there. Um, it was a bit of a transition, but it's worked out pretty well. Um, I have a wife, Tara. We have two kids. We live in Poland. We're both, um, we're both happy here. I think I agree with Jim's comments about our future being better than our reputation. Mm -hmm. um, and when I first came here 11 years ago, it was, I mean, a completely different city than it is now in so many ways, especially downtown Youngstown. Um, and just to see and feel like I'm even playing a little part in that development is a really encouraging thing. And to see the uh, involvement and dedication of students is also an encouraging thing. Um, Dominic and I were involved in a project in urban economics in the spring in which students uh, analyzed the downtown area, interviewed business leaders, and talked about development strategies and how to try and integrate. There you go. Um, we were even on WFMJ. We, we were interviewing them. <laughs> okay. um, you don't have to play like that. <laughs> Keep it silent. Um, yeah, in which we... Oh, wait, no. It's like the music's going to hear the sound going to be there. Um, it was kind of a fun club. But anyway, yeah, we, uh, we did a downtown market analysis. There you go. Um, and uh, tried, tried to develop strategies to not just revitalize the downtown area, figure out what business leaders want, what, uh, what students want from the downtown, and try and integrate um, you know, what students want with, with the needs and interests of, of downtown. All right, thank you, AJ. Thank you, everybody, for introducing yourselves. Um, a little bit change up to our other uh, classes. AJ's got a video he wants to share. I was gonna wait to the end, but I think the way that introductions I've already shaped out we might just start with that uh, and jump into knowledge spillover. Well, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I don't know if uh, I don't know if it's best to start out with that. Actually, you want you want to wait? Yeah, I think. It, All right, we'll wait. No, no, yeah. we'll wait. Then with that, then we'll turn it over to our uh, our lead questioner, uh, Evan, and he's going to start to ask you the city of you prompts. And there's no Evan, just like last time, no specific order. Um, we'll probably hear some of the, you know, a little bit of redundancy, which is good, uh, about some of the stuff Danny Catullo talked about, where everywhere you go, someone's from Youngstown, so you got to make sure you're paying attention to how you're acting, whether it's inside or outside of work. Um, but you could jump around, Evan, if you want to start with somebody, or if anybody from the panel wants to take on a question first, or sit back, um, we'll, we'll keep it informal, and, and it'll turn it into a discussion pretty quickly. All right, I think one of the questions is, um, so like, what is your passion I mean, obviously, you know, you're all very passionate about what you do right now. I'm hoping 
but let's just say when you started out, you know, uh, going to school, what did you, what did you really want to be? You know, would you, would you dream or aspire to be? Yeah, I, I'll answer that. When I, I obviously got into engineering because I wanted to uh, build roads and bridges, and I, I had that when I was a young age, and that interests me. Uh, went into engineering, got an opportunity, and then uh, ran with that. My passion has certainly changed a little bit. Um, uh, one thing that uh, I bring, and I think I brought the last six years at ODOT, is an aggressive nature to deliver projects. And, you know, uh, too much time spent lo is lost just watching, you know, we used to have a saying at ODOT, we study studies to study studies, and nothing ever comes out of it. And the way communities grow and the way roads get better and the infrastructure gets better is you've got to push projects. And when we were at ODOT, we were challenged, and uh, they had a $2 billion budget, and we were $500 million of it, and there's 12 districts, and we we're one of the 12 districts, yet we ate up 25% of the, of the budget that the Department of Transportation had. So, you know, I'm very passionate about that and pushing projects. So when I see orange barrels, I get excited. Um, you know, there was a wreck on 80 a couple of weeks ago. I got in the car, and they said traffic was backed up for miles. I had to go get in it. I got in the traffic, sat through it, because I just have to see it. I had to see what went wrong. Why did we have a wreck? Is there something wrong with the roadways? Is it distract the driver? And that's what kind of interests me. Is, and I chase projects now. And I brought that same mentality. When somebody asked me, we're a metropolitan planning organization, the hardest hat for me to put on is the planning side, but uh, that interests me more than anything because I know the transportation side so well. Uh, so when I look around here, we got to get, in order to bring the city back, it's starting with the infrastructure. Part of that infrastructure is obviously the roadway network. So we're very passionate about pushing that, and I'm very passionate about pushing those types of projects um, through the system. And, and in order to get that kind of effort, you got to start grabbing people and get them to work together. Um, the one thing I will tell you, by working in Akron, it was interesting. Living here, you understand what people, the uh, perception, what they think over here. And they think everybody's sitting over here feeling sorry for themselves. Oh, we lost the mills, and that's been gone for 30, 40 years. That's been gone a while, so we're not feeling sorry for ourselves. But, oh, we're not getting any more funding for the bridges. We're not getting this, we're not getting that. That's the perception from Akron and in Columbus for what's going on. So yeah, I think it's just the opposite. I think that was the attitude, and that's why I think we were in the rut. You know, but I do believe that attitude has changed now, and I don't, see, feel, I don't see people feeling sorry for themselves. I see people banding together trying to get projects and trying to get development and trying to do better. So that's refreshing attitude, and that's that's. There's no doubt about that. It has been a big change in the last 10, 15 years over here. Sarah, do you want to go next? Go ahead. Okay. So if I have to choose one passion, well, besides things like the New York Mets, which I'm a big fan of, or uh, playing tennis or something. <laughs> well, I'm rooting for I'm rooting for the Indians now. Um, but that's relevant to this panel. I'd say just teaching. Uh, I mean, it's the reason I chose this job when I um, got my PhD from Georgia State on the job market. I had the choice between working uh, for the EPA or coming to YSU to teach. And even though the EPA job um, offered a substantially higher salary, um, I knew that I wanted to teach because I had taught in grad school and always really enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, as uh, for the last 11 years, I'd say that that passion that I bring to the classroom is, has just increased um, because I just enjoy the, the process of, uh, well, engaging students or trying to get students engaged in a topic that they typically find to be boring, I think, or expect to be boring, um, and to try and make things that students expect to be boring interesting and get them engaged and involved and see why it's relevant and important in their own lives uh, is something I'm well, really passionate about. I'm not sure what my passions are. Um, when I was uh, growing up, I used to really like drawing buildings. I would do schematics and like interiors and stuff. And then there was a shadow day, and I got paired with Debbie Liptak at the my, uh, Mahoning Library, and she's in charge of community relations. And that opened my um, mind to how there's... Uh, a, a relationship part of the built environment and so instead of thinking about architecture those things I really got interested in urban planning and it was a good fit for me because I always like to do like those logic puzzles like who got what birthday gift those like uh, square <laughs> things he had to do I like that and looking at patterns and I love history so it's just a really good field for me um, so I guess my passions change by the day I think a lot of the choices I've made as far as jobs I've taken 
is actually it kind of comes down to justice in a sense and that's what I kind of look at with my job is I really want people all people have the same access to everything so that's a lot of how I look at my job is as an individual I think you should have just as much access to say a job opportunity or any opportunity than anyone else and um, over time I think some of that has been lost and so I'm trying to build it where I can within our region. Cubs are going to be mad he's not one of your passions. <laughs> <laughs> That's my dog. He's <laughs> my obsession. So. Okay, Evan, you want to ask the next one or pass it to one of your classmates? Or I was, was going to build off of what you were saying. Um, so. Sure. When you were, you said you wanted to be a civil, civil engineer, mm -hmm. like right off the bat. Did growing up around here have a huge, you know, impact on that choice? I, I don't, I don't think it did. I just thought, I, you know, it's funny when she said she was sketching uh, interiors or buildings. I was sketching bridges. It was goofy, and I thought I was kind of, something was wrong. But you know, <laughs> we'd ride on a freeway, and I'd pass it, and I'd come home, and I'd draw that bridge, you know. And it was just, so I guess I was meant to be a civil engineer. Um, I don't think the area... Um, there being had anything to do with what I got into is just really what I liked. Um, it, it was interesting. Uh, my dad, he's a funeral director, and all my brother, and they're involved in that. I, that that spooked me from a run age. So maybe the first thing I ran to was Rosen Bridge or something like that. But that certainly wasn't the profession. If it, if something would have molded me for the area, it'd been going into that line of work. But I I kind of just uh, gravitated to this. But um, it was interesting because you know just when I was growing up, it was on the west side of Youngstown. Um, you know, it was a hard-working community, mo modest houses and everything. Just going to college was an accomplishment. At that point, you know, nobody pushed you to ever even take that as another step. Not that I had a passion to be a doctor or a lawyer. I really think I found my niche, and I hope I did because it's been 31 years since then. But, uh, but you know, that was the, you know, the accomplishment back then from this area. So I really kind of was trying to tie down what you said. Did the area have a, uh, an influence? The area, if you went to college back long ago... You really have accomplished something. Now times have certainly changed. Now you're pushing your kids through college. You're pushing to graduate school. You're trying to do this, and you're always trying to outdo, try to even get better. But back then, the mindset was just to get away from the steel mill, which was everybody worked here, and then eventually failed, and get into college. Can you repeat the question? So the question was um, like about the job and how it. Just like the job, the, the degree that you um, you chased or chose in the beginning, like. The, the area okay. that you came from, did that affect your choice? I don't know, like, if I worded it more, like, you know, yeah. um, for you, the infrastructure and, like, the different... No, I, it, I, that's a great question. I agree. I see where you're going with it, but it had nothing. I just, that was my interest. And in, in the roads and bridges were falling apart, and I felt a need to fix them, mm -hmm. you know, around here 30 years ago. But it's just that was what interests me, and I chased it. Yeah, that, that question's deep for me because it's definitely true because um, in high school I got to do the summer classes at YSU and history and so forth and we would go to the old mills and that really piqued my interest of why are things the way they are. Um, and then also I think the cultural aspects, I think um, we're almost like patriarchal in this area. I, I don't know if you had to read the, you know, why the Garden Club didn't save Youngstown, mm -hmm. that short article about how um, the powers in the past kind of broke up the ability for groups to organize and make change. And so that was something that kind of interests me in that um, that's actually kind of why I studied Russian and spent so much time in Eastern Europe is there's so many parallels between their cultures and what I saw occurring in Youngstown. So yeah, it's all rooted to the point where I don't even know where one begins and the other one ends. Uh, for me, well, so I guess what brought my interest to economics was, um, so actually in college, I, uh, I was majoring in history initially, and I really enjoyed it and was really good at it, um, and minoring in economics. And I decided to switch just because I think I have naturally a more quantitative mindset, and I liked the way economics tries to tackle problems by kind of analyzing systematically relationships. And it, it's the only science that bridges kind of the, the social soft side along with the quantitative side and to actually analyze problems instead of kind of theorize about them. Um, and so I just saw it as a field that, um, you know, combined some different aspects of fields that I'm naturally good at. 
as well as a, a, a way to try and bring about change and analyze problems and, and try and come up with uh, unique ways to address those problems. Okay. Um, so another question is, so what was your journey like to uh, get to your current job that you have now? I mean, you guys went over it briefly. If you want to get more in depth with that. Especially, especially AJ. I have no, I no idea how the heck you got My here. journey? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I'll get, I'll get started then. So it was... Uh, I mean, it was completely random in terms of why I ended up at YSU. It was, um, so I was on the job market from Atlanta and, you know, eager to get more than the $12,000 a year I was making as a grad student. Um, and so you submitted about 40 applications, um, got like five job interviews in different places, and then YSU was the first uh, to offer an academic job. And as I said before, I... I knew I wanted to go into academe. Um, and so, yeah, I, I came to, y, to YSU just because it was the first and only uh, job offer I got from a university. And I actually planned on staying here about two years before leaving. And the first year I submitted a bunch of applications. Then my wife moved up, she couldn't find a job, submitted even more applications, trying to find something else. Um, and then, found that, well, I actually, I always really liked the job and that the community started to grow on me. And then my wife, Tara, she found a job that she enjoyed and we decided to, to stay. And um, yeah, it's, it's worked out ever since. Mine was sort of, I, I think, again, I'm clearly older than everybody else in the room, but it's just like, it's more cookbook. You just graduate high school, you go to college, you're kind of celebrating that, then you just kind of just keep climbing and you're just trying to get your head above water. Um, again, when I, went, when I went to college, hardly anybody went away to college. And then, you know, very few actually after they got out of college, everybody stayed here. I, I lived in uh, Columbus my first year when I worked for Trump Department of Transportation, and I, and I could have stayed down there. There was an opportunity to stay down there. And um, at some point, I thought maybe I should have stayed down there because it's a bigger city. I'm glad I come back. I could, and what I found is I couldn't leave. My parents were here, my friends were here, my brothers, sisters, you know, everybody was here. And it's really, as the years go by, you can see that it's a tight knit group, this area, and people don't leave. There is a bond here with your friends and everything like that. So I gravitated, I stayed back. I'm glad I did. Um, I have no regrets. And, but it was sort of more, you know, just. Just following, climbing up the ladder, just getting above, just getting out of high school, go to college, and just kind of finding work and just trying to make the best of the situation. Because it was pretty bleak around here when I got out of high school. Uh, that's right when the you know I graduated in '81, the mill shut down in '79. So it was it was a bad area. There was nothing around here. So uh, so you were you were doing great. You could you know you were king of the area once you graduated college around here, back then. Um, I wanted to move back to the area and be a, a city planner. My dream job was um, someone I had an internship with that used to be the city planner for Youngstown, but I thought it would take at least 15 or 20 years before I came back. I really tried to have as many internships and shadows, shadowing opportunities as possible so that I would you know, be the Swiss Army knife for when I came back to the Mahoning Valley. But um, in the meantime, because of stuff I, the foreign service stuff I had done, while I was in grad school, I thought I'd end up back in D.C. or in New York working for USAID or another group more doing policy overseas. Um, I was actually working on um, some shale developments in Eastern Europe and stuff like that, and that was really cool. I kind of liked the power of it, but I also hated um, in D.C. there was no sense of community because everyone's miserable. They're all trying to get up the ladder. And uh, when I first moved there, my, my stomach turned when I had to go networking. But actually, that was really good for me because that forced me to, now I don't even think about it, you know, trying to make connections, how you know each other and how you can use each other to advance each other's careers. But um, one of um, my last semester, I had an advanced statistics course where we were doing location quotients and projections on populations. And so, uh, of course, you know, we had to choose a county and so I just chose my home county because that would be easy. And in order to get the data, I went onto Eastgate's website and I saw they had a job opportunity. And I emailed them saying, you know, I don't think I'm, I'm ready for this. I, you know, I don't think I have the right background for this, but if you hear of anything, please let me know. And uh, within 24 hours, I was offered the job. So 
It was pretty cool. I won in my grad school class. I was the first one to get a job offer, so that's how I ended up here. I didn't know that part. That's pretty cool. Um, anybody else have any questions before Evan keeps rolling? Feel free to drop in. Keep going, though, Evan, if you still... So you were saying, you know, the whole community aspect, how you, know, you guys are very tight-knit. So when you said networking, when you came back here, and I'm assuming you do networking here as well. Somewhat, Somewhat. yeah. I'm, I'm more closed off. Um, the best experience I had for living in Youngstown was I did Peace Corps in Ukraine, where I was in a village of about 4,000 people. And so I was the American. So even if I got food poisoning or something happened, everyone in the village knew it. Like I had it because I lived with a woman, I had a landlady and she, you know, she dictated my life. But basically that gave me no sense of privacy. And so moving back to the area, um, because everyone knows everyone, um, I kind of went back into that space where if I do anything public or semi-public, I have to be really professional. Um, so that was a really good learning experience for me. And I still, on weekends and occasions, just head somewhere where I know no one knows me so that I... I don't feel like I'm being watched. So, um, I don't know, I was just wondering, so Eastgate, what, what is like the prime, uh, I, don't know, I forgot the word. Mission? Prime mission, what do you, like, what do you guys do? What do you, um, what's your goals, what are your objectives? Well, I'm gonna, I'll let you comment on the okay. Eastgate one, but I, I, that sense of community that that she brought up, it really it made me think when she said it, it really is a sense of community around here. Um, one of the notions that nobody got along here, there's inner fighting, communities didn't talk to each other, the, and we deal with a lot of uh, governmental entities, that the Mahoney County engineer doesn't talk to the Trumbull County engineer, and that's why you can't get anywhere. And I, and I couldn't find it to be any more incorrect, that perception when I got over here, people do are working together, and it isn't difficult to pick up a phone and, have, and get a hold of Mayor McNally from City of Youngstown, or you know, get Mike Ripko to come and sit in on one of our meetings, or go talk to Mayor Franklin from Warren. Uh, whenever we call, I've, ever, I've yet to find anybody that didn't have their door wide open to get try to help you. And if, you know, if I would talk to Mayor Franklin from Warren and I ask him about something we're going to do in Youngstown, he's trying to help me. He's not saying, "Well, what are you doing for me in Warren?" So it was just that kind of when you said that, and, and, and Sarah commented, it really is a sense of community around here, and that's what's been refreshing for me, and really put. You know, more hop to my step is what I'm trying to do because everybody does get along. Everybody is trying to help each other. It's not one agenda. It's the agenda for the, you know, I want to say the valley or the region and you know, Eastgate and we're Mahoning and Trumbull counties and we really try to bond or brand ourselves as uh, the Mahoning Valley and we're working together. So whatever I'm trying to do, even we have some things we're trying to do for YSU, YSU reaches into Trumbull County with our students. Uh, you know, so we don't want to ever get caught, but everybody is trying to help and. Uh, that sense of community really, it did, it did stick out to me when Sarah mentioned it. So the elevator pitch I did for Eastgate is that we're a regional, or a forum for issues that are regional, regionally significant. And so in the 50s you had the highway bill, so there was all this money allocated to construct new roads. And of course it was hard for the feds, well this is the Sarah Winger story version, so you might dispute some of these facts, but so when the feds were working with these local communities, it was just so hard because there's so many of them. So what they did is they created metropolitan planning organizations that studied the, where these highways would go and how they would impact the communities, and so that the MPOs became the voice and who the feds would go to or the state would go to to talk about these projects. And so it's a, it's a decent model, this regional model, and so that's why um, other federal entities besides the Department of Transportation started um, doing this. So like I work with the Economic Development Administration, it's the same thing as they really, really want to work at the local level, but it's just impractical. So they work through a regional forum in order to do that. Um, our main responsibility is, as a metro planning organization is having a forecasted plan of all transportation needs over a 20-year period of time. <coughs> and along with that, because we get funds that are allocated, I mean, they're not our funds, we're more a clearinghouse, and so we do a four-year um, plan where each of those funds are going as far as local projects. So that's really where our main responsibilities lie. And then within my program, I, um, I do a, a long-range plan for economic development, which is a lot more fuzzy because there's no you know, allocation of funds for that. And then, um, like I said, because we're a good way for larger entities to work with local governments, we do other infrastructure funding um, 
whether state or federal. Yeah, it is, it is just like she said, it's a pass-through. Um, ODOT handles all the state and really works with the federal government to bring the funds to the area. But, you know, when I was sitting in Akron, that we're covering six counties, we rely on somebody to step down to somebody else to distribute the money to the city of Youngstown, Warren, Mahoney County Engineer, Cortland, pick community. So it's just this, this is the next step as you're walking down the ladder and we're the closest. And what they're gauging when they say us, uh, we're supposed to be, we're reactive to what the needs are too. We're just not giving the money to one and we try to distribute it fairly and making sure that they're consistent with anything we're using the money for is really following the plan that we've set forth and studied. So, um, you know, it starts with the federal government, state government, and ODOT's the one that's for overseeing that money. Then they send the money down to us. So we have a close working relationship with the Department of Transportation for funding and the federal government for other programs that we get funded. But we really kind of like to pass through to get it down to more of the local level. I'll add a little something that, uh, building on what Jim talked about with how these organizations work together. Um, and Sarah, you had mentioned the, the, why the Garden Club couldn't save Youngstown book. And um, I think, well, so why the Garden Club couldn't save Youngstown, it compared Youngstown to Scranton, Pennsylvania, and essentially examined, so these are two cities that were literally identical in all ways, like statistically 30 years ago, as far as you know, percent manufacturing, percent highly educated. But Scranton has done a lot better in the past 30 years economically than Youngstown has. And uh, the author's hypothesis, what he tried to show, and he did a good job showing it, uh, was essentially that the difference is Scranton has um, these social networks and this social capital and these organizations that all work together to build a community that Youngstown is lacking in. Um, and I don't think that that's, well, completely accurate. But I also think that it's not as uh, true today as it probably was, you know, 20 or 30 years ago. That now there does seem to be um, a common objective among organizations to try and improve the situation in Youngstown, and they're working together to do that. That they're interconnected, and that um, the the social capital level has increased. And it's true not just with government organizations, but also just with, with YSU and uh, with businesses and organizations and, um, you know, trying to not just identify the problems, but actually working together to improve um, the situation and, and address these problems. Very good. I got a question. I'm going to take a break for a second. You got one, hold it, though. Come back with it. Anybody else, too? So you heard a little bit about how this class is formatted and our, our past speakers, and talk a little bit about your organizations and your roles here in the community um, at your respective organizations or institutions. Knowing that you have Jim Costler from the Youngstown Business Incubator, and you had uh, Ian Benison from Youngstown Neighborhood Development Corporation, and then last week we had three, you know, we had a doctor, um, we had an accountant, and we had a butcher. Uh, I try to get the butcher bigger. It didn't work, but I mean, I was actually surprised at how smooth that discussion went, how much they had in common, <laughs> and even how much of some of the stuff they talked about and how they found the opportunity and they scaled up their business. How do maybe um, your roles in the community and with your organizations, how do you work with those, the YBIs, the YNDCs, and, and the small business, or how do you maybe, and in your case, how do you provide your updates with the business journal or you know, certain class, like the, the project your class did last time. So maybe like how, how do you interact with those organizations and why is that important to your work? Well, I'll, I'll go. We, um, when I got over to uh, Eastgate a year ago, um, we only have 15 people in the office counting myself. Uh, we're spread pretty thin to begin with, but I challenge the group to reach out a little bit farther. Uh, so wherever you're at, try to get to another place and try to get involved. And uh, But I found that I don't think everybody understands what Eastgate does and to what level they do it to. So that was the, the big challenge. And um, the past, you you know, weren't allowed to get out as much, and we changed that. We broke down that barrier. And, and I want to walk around the office and only see five of us there because that means ten of them are out somewhere in the city or in the county talking to somebody or sitting in on meetings. Um, but what we've done is when we try to go to meetings, we, go, we try to find what their needs are. Uh, we work closely with the regional Youngstown Warren Regional Chamber, uh, they got their thumb on a lot of what the uh, jobs are around here and what uh, developments are trying to come in the area. 
We're getting more involved with the uh, Port Authority. It's really a financial arm for some of the businesses coming in the area. And then some even of the smaller economic groups and the, the business groups. And what we're trying to hear is what are your needs? What are you telling me? Uh, you know, a couple of things that we've heard, and um, there's, there's, there's kind of odd things from different groups, you know, like we hear that businesses, you know, out on Bailey Road at 76, the trucks are having trouble getting to the freeway, and FedEx is, and I'm, I'm going to exaggerate some of this, FedEx is trying to get some of the, can't, they want to expand their operation, but they can't because they can't get their trucks to the freeway, so we need to address that, we need to address up Bailey Road, you need to put red lights up. Or somebody has a commerce, there's a business park that the infrastructure where the roads are, are crumbling and they can't attract new businesses there because the infrastructure is falling apart. So they're looking at us, what can we do there? You know, we reached out and we, we just found out that there's another uh, area that there's a business coming in place. They're worried about, uh, they, they bring on a workforce, but they're, uh, it's, more, it's lower paying jobs and they're trying to attract some uh, people to come to take those jobs, but they don't have transportation to get there. So we're going to work with WRTA to try to extend the bus service out there so we can bring people that need the jobs out to this area where there are jobs. So uh, we're trying to touch on anything we can. We hear a lot about workforce development. Um, you know, one of the things I've heard, and, and my wife's a school teacher at, at Austin Fitch, and she says the one thing you left behind, and, and if anybody understands uh, Fitch High School, it's a wide gamut of students there. Uh, rich, poor, black, white, you get everything there. And both my kids went there small. Best thing that they got, best education they got out of that school is they learned to work with everybody. And uh, that's, that's very important as you move farther on in life. Uh, but what she says is what you've left behind is the kids that can't, not everybody's built to go to college. And you, you, the schools, and you see these schools tout that they're excellence in education because they push these kids to school and these kids got scholarships and they got $90 million and I still like to challenge that from an economic standpoint. Some of these schools are too small to see $91 million in scholarships, but that's another. <laughs> Not enough kids graduated to get $91 million, but that's another, that's just a pet peeve of mine. Second but, time I heard that today, which is kind of funny. Did you really? Yeah. I, I'm going to tell you, there's a billboard that I wanted to challenge, but I'm sorry. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> I got to go back to it. Would, but what's happening is though, there's kids built for college and there's uh, kids that are tweeners, and there's kids that are not. Well, the kids that are not are fine in their way. The kids that are in between that go to college and really wasn't for them, you know, then they turn around because no, they're, they're forgotten. They're looked upon because you couldn't make it in college, you're a loser, you couldn't do this. But that's the group of students, she says, you've left behind. And what I hear out here, and they taught me there's not enough of a workforce to fill a factory job or a skilled labor job uh, doing in manufacturing, those are the kids we need to be training to do those. Um, not everybody's going to be a lawyer, a doctor, an engineer, an accountant, whatever, but there's, there's a workforce out there that we need to develop, and that's the group that we've left behind. And that's the ones when we talk to different communities, they're screaming, and right now, if, if some of the businesses that are talking about coming, we don't, have, we don't have enough welders to handle the shale industry, you know. We don't have enough, you know, you name that type of skilled labor, or even unskilled labor, we just don't have that workforce that's ready to go into those jobs if we would get those businesses here. So um, that's something we're trying to do in our effort to try to find ways to make sure those kids get where they need to be so we develop them to get them to that workforce. So just kind of a, a gamut of how we're trying to help the area just kind of touch on a few things. On a lighter note, just just light question. So did you guys have anything to do with the construction going on outside on the roads and oh, pushing we, for that? Well, well, if you're identifying Lincoln and Wick, it's a city, two city of Youngstown jobs, but yes, we did some of that funding come through Eastgate to get those, and then we just had project development oversight. Now it's the city of Youngstown to make sure it gets done, but uh, we certainly work closely with the city, and I bring my ODOT hat on and make sure those projects get done, started, and consistent. So, yeah, that's, 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 that's part of us, mm -hmm. yes. I would say um, transportation projects... They, if they're you know ready to go and everything's in place, it's a four-year process. So I think in the future where Eastgate has struggled is we haven't really uh, planned where our projects are going at what time. And I was really excited with the leadership between YSU and City of Youngstown that we've got these projects to go. But I'm hoping in the future we're better able to stage them. So, so they don't start on the first day of the semester. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'll share that. And it's, it's a pet peeve of mine. I don't disagree. What happens is funding cycles or fiscal years, fiscal years in, the, in federal, for these types of funds run July 1st to June 30th. 
Um, unfortunately, so the money for these projects gets freed up July 1st. Now you can sell your projects. You can't sell it until, you can't advertise until the funds are secured. So the funds are secured July 1st. Now I can advertise. You have to advertise for three weeks. Then you have to accept the bids and you have to have a pre-con. So you're starting projects September 1st or right now. I completely agree. Yeah. Uh, it's a bigger problem. I know ODOT turned around and, and changed their funding, funding cycle. And there's, you almost have to take a bite the bullet one year and just say, I'm not going to sell anything this time of the year. I'm just going to wait till the spring. But you're going to get a lapse of nothing happening over here uh, for three or four months. And you just turn around and let that project go March 1st when it should go. Then you finish in one year. The reality of it any time, and I'll, I'm off on a tangent again, this job's going to get shut down as soon as it starts snowing. It's going to be an inconvenience. We call it wintering over. Wintering over costs 20% more. So it's not even advantageous to sell it early because it sell. I mean, to sell it in the fall because it just costs more money. So uh, tie on my uh, list to try to fix. But this is kind of crazy that they did now. That it never got in that window between school out and school back in. But you should have started in the spring and get it finished in the fall. It is what I mean. It'll be worth it. It will be worth it. Yeah, it'll Any, be great. It's just you know, a, an inconvenience. I for, told you I love orange barrels, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I started with that one, right? Okay. It's an inconvenience, but it's certainly an improvement. It's going to look great when yeah. it's done. It's worth the struggle. It's not as bad. It, I keep hearing, you know, we gauge how bad it is, and it was not as bad as. I mean, the outcry is not as bad. At least they kind of chunked how they did Wick Avenue. They didn't shut it completely down. Right. Yeah, you see the walkway going through. Yeah. I had a, I had a meeting in Liberty today. So this is the first time I came back and was, went down Wick Avenue. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I just had to completely turn around and park my car out front. So it's been fine for me just walking, but now I see why people are complaining. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, working with the groups? Yeah, your interaction. Thing I, I thought this might help for some of yeah. these. Mrs. Sarah, Sarah wrote this part of this SEDS plan. So I was working with the different groups. Um, I've been in my job for two years, and the first 18 months or so was just kind of figuring out who does what. And um, so through that process and through some guidance um, through um, EDA, um, and working with about 60 stakeholders in the in Mahoning and Trumbull counties, we came up with these pillars for what makes up economic development. And so that includes workforce training and education, access to capital, uh, infrastructure and site development, um, industry, forget what I, business and industry needs, I forget how I wrote that, quality of life and community vitality, and did I miss, oh, innovation and entrepreneurship. So, uh, EDA has asked us to create performance measures for these, which is, you know, you can do like number of jobs created and stuff through the census, which is nice, but it's hard because it is kind of a soft science and a lot of these are systems rather than, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, but through this process, there's an action plan, and so um, because I kind of have to steer this, that's how I get involved with these different groups. and. Um, addressing some of our gaps in delivery. So I work closely with YBI in regards to um, actually access to capital because they're trying to get, it's really hard to get funding for startups, especially um, companies that don't really have uh, collateral, like um, intellectual property, it's very hard to put a dollar amount on that. So that's an issue we're working with. Uh, workforce and education, I sit on the workforce boards for the counties and so I've learned how those dollars are allocated, um, and our real focus is on manufacturing, but one of my goals for 2017 is to restart um, some other sectors, particularly healthcare, and the list goes down the line. Very good. And even last speaker, we, you know, you have a butcher and you wonder like, how can he tie into this, but Danny Gatula talked about some of the groups he was involved with between Commonwealth Kitchen Incubator, he's taught classes at YNBC, Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's nice, I think, for all of us that you know you think of tool prime meats. They're cutting meat, they're selling meat, they're you know they're doing that. But then you hear all the things they do in the community, and maybe even give you some good advice for your the project you're developing. So it's uh, it's nice to hear that reiterated. Evan, you got any more questions? Oh uh, yeah. So um, for you, uh, Doctor Sum, um, I know teaching can. I, I'm assuming I don't really know. I'm not a teacher, but um. Teaching is pretty straightforward. It, well, yeah, for the most part. For the most yeah. part. Except when you have to do a project with me. Yeah. <laughs> so other than that, then, what's, what's the hardest part, you know, about this 
this job or like hardest moments that you've had or I mean you can even if you actually did have a hard time with him just tell us uh, the hardest part about you know being a it's working with Dominic that's it. Right, <laughs> no, just kidding being like a having a set job you know with a with a university or institution yeah okay so out to your community and um, that's not such an easy question to answer. I think, I mean, with teaching, it's, um, or I, sh I shouldn't even say, so with the hardest part of the job is actually outside of teaching. That the teaching is the, the part that I enjoy, right? That when it comes to working in any university, you're judged according to your, uh, your research, your service, and your teaching. And I've never had an issue with any of the teaching part of it, right? And then uh, the research, you know, that's just an expectation that you got to do. And some of it I enjoy, some of it uh, is not so enjoyable. Depends on the topic and how long it takes. And, uh, but that's a whole other process. And then the, the, the service is the part that can kind of wear you down. As far as uh, it's something that is essential, but it's also... You know, it's, it's almost like dealing with the, the bureaucracy of any large organization and the way things get done. It can be frustrating. Um, and if you're on, you know, 10 different committees and, and they're meeting for two hours at a time and you feel like the meeting can be over within 15 minutes, it's, uh, it's just frustrating. And so I guess uh, that's just a, a long way of saying that, well, you know, there are different parts I enjoy about teaching more than others, but there's no part of teaching that I'd say um, I don't enjoy. It's it's the other stuff that comes with the job that that uh, can be a, a burden sometimes. I have a question. Um, so, what are your goals personally for Youngstown, and what are your hopes and views that you see the city moving to in the future? Well, I'd like to see the six new buildings built at YSU. Like see the amphitheater get built. Um, one of the initiatives we have um, that I inherited and got more involved with is the Mahoning River. Uh, right now, there's 11 dams in the Mahoning River, and a little bit. I got a little bit of education. They're built, you know, back in the days of the mills and the industry. And the, the, by building a dam in a river, you're pocketing the water for using it for cooling or whatever they're using it for. But now they're obsolete. You don't need the dams, and they've trapped sediment. One of the reasons why our river, the Mahoning River, that runs really you know, through both Trumbull and Mahoney County, is so polluted because the dams trapped everything. And uh, there's a group of the nine mayors, there's 11 dams in nine communities, and the mayors are trying to get those dams removed, which if you'd remove the dams, you'd remove the sediment that's trapped behind it, you'd clean the river. Um, and we're being very aggressive. We've, we've as, at Eastgate, we've taken it on. We're going to try to manage all those dams and try to get them removed. Um, so if you can remove that, you're going to clean up the river. And then, uh, you know, then all of a sudden, we're going to get kayakers down the river, and the river, you know, and we're, our office is on the 10th floor of the city center, one building, and from, we have the top floor, and we can see the, we're uh, panoramic, we can see all sides of the city, and out my window, I can look, and I see this line of trees behind the Cavelli Center, and when I first got there, somebody had told me the Mahoney River's behind there. You know, I lived here all my life, you can't see it, I didn't know it was there, and I go, so my goal is to get the dams out of the river and then cut those trees down. Don't tell the environmentalists this. <laughs> cut those dang trees down and open it up so people can see and then utilize the river um, for recreation. And, you know, it's nice to see uh, what I'd like to see is the master plan coming together where now they're turning around. The city has an idea where they want to get the amphitheater on the other side of Mark Street Bridge and make that a common area, recreation area, get to the river, get over to Cavalli. And, they're, you know, they're trying to get more bars and restaurants in nightlife down, you know, create like a, they coined the 4th Street atmosphere that's up in Cleveland, have that down there. So that's what, you know, drives me is to try to get those projects, and it's great to see everybody trying to work on those projects and get them to some type of fruition. You know, um, part of the charge that uh, YSU's been part of with the city of Youngstown is where they're trying to get special funding called a Tiger Grant. It's a $15 million grant they're looking for to really fix and change Fifth Avenue and make it more of a boulevard effect. But then they're also taking that and they're going to try and to tie it into the old St. E's, which is now Mercy Health, and then uh, challenge to try to get a bike path to Mill Creek Park. You know, and then, you, then you've tied everything in. You know, and again, I didn't say I'm not an urban planner, but 
you know, I think anybody would, you know, my limited experience in urban planning would say you want to connect the parks with the downtown, with the university, with the health, and then the recreation area. So that's really, you know, in the bigger picture we're trying to get to, and I'm trying to do whatever I can and our agency can is to get out there and make sure that's done. And okay, that's just not a dream. Those things are in, those wheels are in motion. Some are a little quicker than the others, but I really see that coming. I, I would not be surprised within the next five years to see all those things I just said done, and that would transform this area. That would really transform Youngstown. Something that hasn't been talked about for a long time, and it is, you know, I, again, I said I've been here all my life. You can pull something like that off. You're going to start seeing people. I mean, the buildings that are re being redone downtown, uh, it really is coming back, and that's, I, every day I come to work, I, I love coming to work. I, I'd love trying to do whatever I can to make that happen. So I get myself involved with any of those kind of committees or projects, however I can. I'll echo some of those comments and kind of just less specific, I guess, just to continue to see the progress that we've made and us build on the progress that we've made in Yorkstown. I mean, when I moved here uh, 10 years ago, it was it, like barren downtown. Like I remember walking to try and go to lunch on Federal when I first moved here and there was literally nothing. Like there was one bar that I went into and then I walked out of. And now there's like 10 different places. Um, and you know, the, the two big apartment complexes, or maybe three, and then um, it, the student housing. And sure. um, you know, so, so just to see us continue to grow in terms of number of people that live here, number of people that work downtown, um, and increasing the connection between YSU and the city itself um, to make it more of a, a, an attractive, livable destination. Yeah. yeah, Michael goes along with that livability. Um, I think of my parents who, they don't have a big house, but they have a decent amount of land and they really want to downsize and they really want to be in a walkable neighborhood with a coffee shop next to a park. And I've told them they can move into my house with me because I almost have all those amenities, but you know they're not they're not for that right now, you know. <laughs> um, but I feel like Youngstown still like you're only allowed to pick one amenity for um, where you live, and so I would like to. My goal is to make Youngstown have multiple amenities so that, particularly because we're an aging demographic, I would love to see more people as they retire be able to move into this city, and be part of its vibrancy. Which is a finding in one of your students' uh, presentations. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Two things I want to touch on real quick before you guys continue with your questions. We, we are at 6 o'clock, so we usually start talking about your projects about this time. But if any of you, some of the uh, past speakers have offered tours um, of their offices or some of the stuff they get involved with. And it's up to you guys to follow up and to schedule that if, if you're willing to let them stop by. But... Jim's view that talking about the him and Sarah get to arrive at every morning is, is pretty top-notch. So I definitely recommend that you check out uh, Eastgate's offices at the 10th floor of City Center 1. It's a building with PNC Bank's logo on top, right in the middle of downtown. Right. And I'm sure yeah, you be, I'd be happy if you could come to my office. It's in the bar, yeah, but there's not much to see. It's just uh, pictures that my daughter Scarlett has drawn and, and photos of them on the wall. So if you want to see them, come to my office. <laughs> Besides that. <laughs> we do got a great view. You're, you're all more than welcome to come down anytime, and, you know, uh, we'll show you around and kind of show you what we're doing. And, you know, if, if you give us an opportunity, we can even invite you to one of our meetings where we have more of the community leaders there. We meet uh, monthly. We call it our technical advisory committee. We usually get 30, 40, 50 people there. Then uh, quarterly, we have our general policy board, which is really made up of local officials, uh, engineers, planners, uh, mayors. Uh, trustees and that we get 50 to 60 for something like that um, and that's quarterly and we can certainly through Dominic um, extend an invitation to everybody this class is just this semester it's not next semester I've been asked to, to but you know it'd be perfect we have, actually have our annual meeting in, in January where okay. we're going to be actually at the it's, what if, the Partlow Hall or the yeah. Penguin Club upstairs mm -hmm. and we'll have 150 people you'll certainly all be Welcome to come, and I could work that invitation, extend yeah, that invitation as we get closer um, to that time. That's a great opportunity, and we really showcase what we do. We bring in, we got some um, great speakers lined up. Senator Chironi's coming. Um, um, Justin or uh, Jason Wilson's coming from the uh, governor's office of Appalachia, and then we actually have somebody uh, coming up from Ohio State that's going to sp uh, speak on the um, autonomous vehicles 
and uh, and where that's going. So, uh, be a great opportunity. You'll certainly be welcome, and I'll get that invitation extended through Dominic to you guys. And love to have you there for us. I have to admit, I have to leave about six ten, six fifteen. So, okay. So with that, I mean, any other specific questions for Jim? Um, and then you could turn it over to maybe talk about some of the projects you're working on for the semester. Um, and that give me an idea. Maybe next time I teach this class, we'll go teach at the organizations that we heard from. And yeah, you could. We could have hosted you. Do some <laughs> investigation. Yeah. yeah. I wish everybody was as willing as you guys. Um, so yeah, we usually give the students some time to uh, let them explain what they're working on. Uh, what they're getting involved with. The way the course was structured, they could have picked their own project um, and done some research on what's going on in the community. But we also gave them some projects and some organizations that are doing stuff and have connectivity to YSU. So uh, they're honor students that have triple ma minors, majors. We wanted to give them an option to plug into something and really figure out where they can be effective. So at this time, uh, especially with Jim having to leave here in about five minutes, uh, if you want to ask any specific questions based on what they're involved with and what they've talked about today that you think might impact or be able to help your project, or if you just want to talk about what you're doing, uh, now's the time. Well, we are so close. I mean, I, when I go out to lunch, I walk up on the university all the time, and you're, you're obviously, uh, at any point, come down. I, I'll give you my business card if you want to follow up with anything or have other questions. You can come down any time um, and visit us and see our operation, like I said, but we'll certainly extend the invitation to some of our other meetings where we really bring in uh, more of the local officials and, and get more of a flavor of what's going on in both all the communities in our two counties. That would be a great experience for all of you. Sorry to throw matches. <laughs> I, have, you I would take one, too. And then, Jim, when you start talking about the river, did you guys, did you get a copy of this? I know you went to the exhibition, so here. It's on my desk. We're going to see that and someday. You guys are going to get a copy of those. We got some new uh, prints. From the McDonough that they they didn't use, so oh perfect. The students, if any of you want it, just let me know, and I'll run over there and get some more. No specific. You don't, Sarah. You want to talk about your project, Mara? Yeah, we can talk about it. Yeah, now's the time. Any questions? Did you find a, a name? I didn't. I okay. So this is my project. Um, I'm working with YSCscape um, primarily to host a event or an event right after one of their work days to not only, um, you know, think with volunteers, but also bring the community members in to kind of bridge that gap between, you know, the people working to beautify Youngstown and the people actually living in Youngstown. Um, and so it's going to be on November 12th. And then at the event, we're going to also do a couple of interviews for the City View campaign. Um, and so because it is in the November time frame, we're going to kind of steer it towards a Thanksgiving type of theme. Um, the event's going to be held at Mercy Health Hospital. They have some rooms saved. We've already gotten to that point. So just in the process of, you know, figuring out um, different people to come as far as, like, for food and different, like, fun things to have at this event um, to get the community involved and then um, going out there and advertising and letting people know about the event is going to be a big thing. Um, then I have to go and do some canvassing and, you know, let people know what's going on. Um, so... For the name, we've been thinking about it, and because this whole Thanksgiving theme kind of came up, I'm thinking about doing, like, Thankful for You, like, mm -hmm. with, like, the Youngstown, mm -hmm. kind of like the City sure. of You campaign is set up, but kind of, like, in that sort of way. So, yeah. That so sounds that's good. That's interesting. interesting. Yeah. yeah. Should yeah. Give, give them all an invite to the event. Maybe that's a start. Yeah, <laughs> they, they don't have access to free hands like a tool, that's maybe. That's perfectly but. fine. You guys are welcome. <laughs> Very welcome to come. And Sarah's probably got, I mean, I'm not going to shoot stuff your way, but she helps organize events um, recently, like the Better or not the Better Buck, but the Mahoney Avenue Fall Fest. Mm -hmm. Just coordination of getting people uh, the resources they need. And sure, yeah, that. And I can say people go crazy for face painting. Oh, if you offer that, like, you'll just have these families come out of the woodwork. I mean, so she's all about, you know, I have like five pictures of Scarlet with butterflies on her face. Yeah. I admit, when I was younger, I was a fanatic for face painting. Like, I would see it and I would just run. It <laughs> <laughs> could even be a way to run. raise funds for, for YSU Scape because just charge them five bucks to get their face painted. Mm -hmm. you know, like, that's just that's a good yeah, I never yeah. thought about that. Face painting. Face painting. Face painting for wave binding. <laughs> yes. At every event. 
Just face painting. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, we got four I like it. Anybody else? Dan, talk about your bookstore crusade. Um, Jim, Jim might have real good advice for you about how to get that uh, the documents you're looking for in a tactful manner. Okay, um, I was looking to get a copy of the agreement between Barnes and Noble and YSU regarding like whether or not competition or anything is allowed on campus because I have an idea for a um, like book leasing program where you pay the upfront retail price for the book and then um, at the end of the